The search for the body of a missing toddler shifts to a Chatham County landfill. I've got the latest updates in the case of Quentin Simon. Early voting begins across southeast Georgia, and the long-awaited debut of the Savannah Ghost Pirates is almost here. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. Chatham County Police Department and FBI entered a new phase in the search for Quentin Simon. A short time ago, we began what will be an extensive search of the waste management landfill located here in Chatham County. That's Chatham County Police Chief Jeff Hadley on Tuesday, October 18th, 13 days after 20-month-old Quentin Simon was first reported missing. Since Tuesday, Chatham County Police and the FBI have spent hours sifting through piles and piles of trash at the Chatham County landfill, hoping to find the remains of the toddler law enforcement has presumed dead for nearly a week. WTOC investigative reporter Jessica Savage has more on that search. An extensive search effort is underway inside the waste management landfill off Little Neck Road. Drone video shows investigators sifting through debris using machines and their hands. They're searching for the remains of 20-month-old Quentin Simon, who was last seen on October 5th. We know that this is going to be a physically, mentally, and emotionally grueling task for our investigators and team. Chatham County Police Chief Jeff Hadley explained how investigators believe Quinton ended up in the landfill. We believe that he, he was placed uh, in a specific dumpster at a specific location and it was brought here by regular means of disposal. I have every belief that we will find his remains here at the landfill. Search efforts began this morning. The FBI says they're focused on a specific area of the landfill. Dozens of FBI personnel are involved in the physical search. This will not be quick, it will not be easy, and the outcome is uncertain. As the chief said, we want justice for Quentin and we want to find him a proper resting place. It's been 13 days since Quentin's mother reported him missing from the family home on Buckhalter Road. Complain about us. Her one-year-old son is missing. She woke up. Her door was open. As he's unable to open a door, thinks someone came in and took him. As of today, she remains a suspect. No one has been charged. Why has no one been charged? Because we're not ready to charge anyone yet. We still have work to do. We still have an investigation to do. And we are not going to do anything um, preemptively that would, that would harm future prosecution. Police say Quentin's mother, Leilani Simon, is still the prime suspect, though as of Thursday, October 20th, she is yet to be arrested or charged with any crime. On Wednesday, October 19th, police on Tybee Island were called to a disturbance involving Quentin's family members. Police say they were called in front of the Sandcastle Inn for a disturbance for people who were yelling back and forth. No one was charged. Police say Quentin's family members were involved, including his grandmother, Billy Joe Howell. WTOC will continue to follow the case and bring you any breaking updates on air, online, and on the WTOC app. We also have a page dedicated to the Quentin Simon case on our website, WTOC.com. You'll find the link in the description of this podcast episode. 
Early voting for November's elections began in Georgia on Monday, October 17th. Turnout in several southeast Georgia counties has been strong in the first week. There are two high-profile races on the ballot this fall, including the governor's race between incumbent Republican Brian Kemp and Democratic challenger Stacey Abrams, as well as the U.S. Senate race between incumbent Democrat Reverend Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker. WTOC's Camille Syed was at the polls on the first day of early voting in Chatham County and found most motivated to make their voices heard. And taking a look at the line here at 6 o'clock, it's still pretty lengthy despite polls closing here at the Board of Elections office around 7. But speaking to people earlier, they say they did have to wait a little bit longer than they expected to cast their ballots, some waiting an hour or two. They say Either way, they were happy to do it to make sure that their voices were heard. Now, taking a look at people waiting in line around 11 o'clock this morning, there were tents and bottles of water for voters. There were five locations to choose from to vote early, including here at the Board of Elections on Eisenhower Drive, Mosquito Control, the Civic Center, Islands Library, and Southwest Library. The Board of Elections location will be accepting voters from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. You have from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. to vote at those other four locations. Be mindful, officials say lines are expected to be longer early in the day these next three weeks of early voting, but whether it's their first time voting or they've waited through this before, sticking out the long wait is worth representing themselves during such a big election. Many people in my generation aren't voting um, as much as in older generations, and so I just think it's really important that we have a say in our government and the things that are controlling us. If we vote, then we can get some of the things that we need accomplished. Instead of sitting back, you know, whining about it, we need to get out there and just vote and make it better. And when you come, don't forget you will need a form of ID to cast your vote. If weekdays are too busy for you to come out, you can also vote on the weekend of October 22nd and 23rd and the following weekend on the 29th and the 30th. And to just get an idea of these long lines, you can head to the county's website to see wait times at each polling location. And just remember that the last day to vote early is November 4th on that Friday and Election Day is on November. 8th. For more on this November's elections, go to the Elections Center page at WTOC.com. There you'll find the latest information and updates on all the races on the ballot this fall. There you can also watch the full debate between the two candidates for the U.S. Congressional 1st District seat, incumbent Buddy Carter and challenger Wade Herring. That link is in the description of this podcast episode. It's almost time to drop the puck for the Savannah Ghost Pirates, who will play the first regular season game in franchise history on Saturday, October 22nd, on the road against the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. I caught up with the team as they prepared to take the ice for the very first time. What was once a months-long wait for the debut of Savannah's pro hockey team is now down to just hours as the Ghost Pirates find themselves on the eve of the first game in franchise history. The mood's really high. Um, everyone's really excited to get it going, right? The team has spent the last two weeks in training, one at the Savannah Civic Center, then this week at the Inmarket Arena, in between a pair of exhibition games with the Jacksonville Icemen, which the Ghost Pirates split. 
It was nice to get a small taste of it this week or this past weekend against Jacksonville, and I thought we looked good. Head coach Rick Bennett says he's been happy to see the team grow closer together over these past two weeks of camp, something he expects to continue as the season carries on. For after practice, they kind of rally around a little chant, and, and then they move on. A lot of teams don't do that. So they kind of came together. They, they started that uh, basically the first day on. So it's kind of continued. And then when you start, uh, you know, getting in battles in practice, I think that helps. And then, but I think the most is, is playing a, you know, a different opponent. I think that's going to be the key. Before the Ghost Pirates hit their home ice for the very first time, they're going to hit the road for a two-week, five-game road trip in which they say they're going to try to set the tone for their very first season. You want to start the season good, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, fix four games on the road first, right? Four or five. You know, it's going to be a good test for us. Um, it's hard to win on the road, um, so hopefully we'll... Uh, be a little battle hardened by the time we get here November 5th. Several players say they're not looking ahead, but are looking forward to November 5th when the Ghost Pirates play at home for the first time in franchise history. What do you anticipate November 5th is going to be like? Wild, wild. Uh, we're all, let me tell you, it's, you know, we've got it circled on the calendar. I can assure you that it's going to be fun. The team has already announced that game will be played in front of a sellout crowd. Expectations are high for the home opener next month, but also for the entire inaugural season. While they may be the new kids on the block in the ECHL, they intend to make their mark on the league early on. I mean, we're going to play hard, right? We're going to compete every day. Um, obviously, we want to win a lot of games, so that's that's number one. We want to win. We want to win the championship this year. So, um, you know, we're going to play hard every night, and hopefully, we never have an off day. WTOC will have live coverage of the Ghost Pirates' first game from Greenville, South Carolina, Saturday on The News. You can keep up with everything Ghost Pirates at the Ghost Pirates page at WTOC.com. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.